You're listening to Field Notes. I'm your host, Shannon D. For more information about this episode and other podcasts, visit shannontravels.com. I'm here at 10,000 Waves Spa with Susan Lanier Graham, travel writer with Wander with Wonder. She also has a podcast on Anchor as well. And we are here for the International Food, Wine, and Travel Writers Association 2019 conference. So we just left the Gruet tasting room before coming over to the spa. And yes, you can bring a bottle with you to the spa. Um, they will wrap it up in a towel for you. But we're very contemplative about life right now, about the travel writing industry, and about our adventures that we've taken. So, uh, just wanted to talk with Susan a little bit about travel, what it means to her, and what it means to be a travel writer. Susan, I am so thankful that you have decided to join me today oh. in these Japanese tubs, <laughs> the Japanese baths at 10,000 Wave Spa. So, we're in our little private space, so nobody can come around that noise that you hear is our tubs <laughs> draining <laughs> and we're we're sipping on some gruet uh the danielle reserve yes yes for it's, the grandma yes the grandmother of the gruet brand susan how did you get into travel writing um as with most people it was an accident <laughs> i was in college my husband was in the air force in germany and I was a new parent. I was a very young parent and a starving college student. And I had grown up in the ski resort town of Steamboat Springs. And I was flipping through a magazine one day, sitting in the library on the Bitburg Air Force Base. And I thought, all my professors are telling me I should be writing. I have written journals since I was a child. I could write this. People pay money to go to Steamboat. So I pulled the writer's market, and this would have been 1986. What? I pulled the writer's market in 1986. No I had a two-year-old, wasn't quite two at the time. I pulled writer's market from the library and looked up how to write a pitch letter, how to query a magazine. And it said that I needed to include an S-A-S-E. I had no idea. So then I had to look up, and of course this was pre-Google. Self-addressed stamped envelope. Self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> so I mailed my letter uh, proposing an article about Winter Carnival in Steamboat Springs, Colorado to Colorado Homes and Lifestyles. Promptly six weeks later, I got a contract in the mail for 400 words for $400. This is 1986. Yes, I thought I had struck gold. Like, this is the easiest career ever. And thus began my travel writing career. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have no idea. No idea it had been that long ago. That long ago, thanks. Well, no, you know what I mean. 33 years. Well, that means that you are definitely an expert, if anybody's an expert. I know we, we don't use the word expert lightly in our industry because everybody thinks they're an expert, but who's really right. 
So yeah, so I I finished college, gave up going to law school, and uh, got my graduate degree in international relations, which you know, and research. So I have a graduate degree in international relations and research. So maybe it fits. I don't know, but I've been writing since then. That's fantastic. Like, I, I can't believe that. I did not know that about you. So the first time you and I met, we were here in Santa Fe, and it's been 15, at least 15 years ago. Maybe 17. And um, I, I don't remember, honestly don't remember what, it was with, with Donna? Donna Smith. Donna Call Smith. Call to Donna Smith. That's right. Yes. Hey, Donna with her luxury PR. Yes. Um, she rocks it, man. She rocks the luxury PR. She is definitely an icon. Yes. And a legend when it comes to public relations with with the luxury property. So I, I don't know who has luxury properties if they're looking for a PR person, but you really can't go wrong with Donna because she is such a high, high-end, just good quality, high quality. I mean, I don't even know how to Personal, it. personal. Well, it's all means something to her. Well, it does, and she doesn't just create the stories for the clients, but she builds relationships with the writers and the businesses that she's working with. She did experiences before experience was a thing. Right. <laughs> like before blogging came around, right. before the whole experiential travel, you had Donna K. Smith PR. That's it. <laughs> and she had some fabulous properties like um, the Hotel Cipriani in Venice. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Um, also in Santa Fe, a few properties, some places in Park City. So, I mean, I just thank you, Donna, for the experiences that you brought to my life for the stories I was creating years ago. Um, but that's where we met. Yeah. We've had some really cool travel experiences along <laughs> the, the journey of our travel writing journeys. Taos. Taos, during a full moon at the Sacred Circle. <laughs> And here we are, we're back in New Mexico during the full moon. I know, we're going to have a moment of silence here. Right. <laughs> That's it, a moment of but, silence. I mean, cheers, we're cheering with Gruet. Yes, cheers to Gruet, New Mexico, sparkling, which I have to say out of all the wineries that I've been exposed to, Gruet has one of the, the most extensive arrays of sparkling wines I've ever come across. So it, that right there makes it you know, not one of the number one in my book, yeah. it, and it's good quality, you know. And I've toured Champagne. You can tell that their roots are in Champagne, France. And, yes, they do Laurent justice. <laughs> their grandfather, Very they do good. him justice. Oh yes, but that is why we're in Santa Fe, aren't we? For the International Food, Wine, and Travel Writers <sighs> Association Conference, which you're speaking at tomorrow. You're giving a presentation. What's your presentation going to be about? About pitching. Pitching magazines, pitching websites, pitching brands. Mostly how to sell yourself, which has evolved <laughs> over the last 33 years. Uh, it's evolved in my own, <laughs> my own little travel writing journey. <laughs> so, yes, it's all about pitching and what you should do, what you shouldn't do, the rules so you know when to break the rules. And when it's okay. So I don't want to like spoil your presentation for tomorrow. 
but if there's one tip you can give to an aspiring travel writer out there who's listening, what would it be? Personalize. Tell your story. You have to resonate with your readers and your writers and your, your, your listeners. So resonate and tell your story, personalize it. Okay, and on the flip side, what one tip would you give to a PR or a, um, a destination representative or a brand representative on working with travel writers slash what they call influencers these days? The big picture is more important than the 100,000 followers. You really, really want to find someone that understands your brand and gets it and can convey that message to the listeners or readers or social media audience that will actually give you a return on your investment, that will do something for you. That, that's really- Because we're all professionals, we should be. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think, I think we need to pour a little bit more on our glasses. Let me check your uh, glass there. Yeah. yeah hold on. <laughs> Let's see if this, oh, uh, so what are we drinking? Oh, did you say that already? The Danielle, yeah, Danielle. from Rouet. Yes, for the grandmother. I don't know if you can hear the bubbles. <laughs> Over the bubbles. Oh, oh is it going to overflow? So Danielle is an interesting, we were, we were just in the Gruet tasting room. Which, by the way, I mean, it's for amazing. a nominal fee, you can get a lot of tastings. Yes. Their daily tastings, is a, it's a different variety each day. Um, five? It was was five. it five? And then there was a bonus thrown in. Yeah. Um, so Janelle was Janelle. our, our Poor taster for the day. She's actually a fine representative for Roy over there in the tasting yeah, room at absolutely. the um, the Roy tasting room at the Inn at St. Francis. Yes. I, I want to find out a little bit more history about that hotel. That seems like a really cool. Old yeah, hotel. there's some history there. But the Danielle is a sparkling Pinot Noir with a still Pinot Noir blended in, so you get a really interesting depth of flavor. Delicious. I mean, it yeah. is like a really, I think, um, I think it was $39 a bottle yeah. at the tasting room, which you cannot order it online. You have to go to one of their tasting rooms at the winery to get this particular bottle. And it's so worth it. However, so we are at 7,000 feet, so remember to hydrate too. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, and that's one thing when I, when I landed yesterday, I drank a whole lot of water because, um, you know, being from Louisiana, <laughs> I live below sea level. Well, it's six feet above sea level, so I can't really exaggerate too much and say below sea level, but we're almost mermaids, okay? It's almost Atlantis. We're Flatlanders. Um, I'm based in Dallas. I think I'm maybe 100 feet over you. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, going off of the wines and travel and what we have evolved to in our careers, you know, I know there's a, a question I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you get out asked a lot as well, um, out of all the places you've traveled. <laughs> you know, it's it's very difficult to pin down just one place out of all of them because we have various experiences that yeah. stick with us as human human beings, as travelers in this yeah. world, um, as travel writers trying to develop stories. Um, you know, I know you and I have talked a lot, um, you know, not to get too serious here, but I mean, it is a part of life. Uh, 
Susan and I both recently lost, lost our mothers. And there is... To Kay and Shirley. Yes, cheers to Kay and Shirley. Um, beautiful women who just really left their mark on this world. If, if through anything, through the through us with the memories that they left us. I mean, beautiful souls. And I can guarantee you 100% they are together on the other side, you know? you know. So let's raise, a, raise <laughs> hey. the glass. Hey, Charlie. Okay. But yeah, um, you know, that's, that's one thing is the spiritual side of travel that people don't right. really think about. They go, oh, I'm going to go on a vacation, I'm going to book a holiday, I'm going to book a trip. But the ones that really stick with you, the, the journeys, are the ones that you take where you end up connecting with a part of you. Yeah. And we were always, you know, it's one thing to lose your fathers. It's, it's devastating and it's sad. But we were a part of our mothers right. for nine months before we took our breath into this world. And our mothers were always there for us. And when you lose your mother, you you lose a part of yourself. And no one understands that until they experience that. And I, I don't wish it for anybody. I mean, I wish all of our mothers could just live forever, <laughs> honestly. But our mothers would have hoped that this was the progression. Yes, that we would be sitting here in these Japanese tubs at 10,000 <laughs> waves. Because if they were here, they yes. would be doing But you know what? I think they're here with us. They are. They really are, and they're like giggling at us right now. <laughs> um, so what was your most transformative travel experience? You know, it's very difficult to pin it down to one, but I do have to say, because I, the whole reason why I did accept this trip was in the hopes that I would go on the Taos post trip. Uh, because the last time I was in Taos, New Mexico, I did a spa treatment that was a, a healing, um, life-changing type of butterfly experience. And that's what it was. It was like a cocoon. And, and I wrote about that. I got very in touch with myself and my feelings um, because, you know, there was a body scrub and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. But then I was, I was lathered up in a, a body mask Right. and wrapped in foil and left to just be <laughs> all in this cocoon of foil under a skylight in an adobe building like a little tower and I remember laying there and going okay first off I had learned that the day before Harrison Ford and Calissa Flockhart had just been in that particular room. So I was like, channeling Harrison Ford. I'm, I'm channeling Han Solo is Han what Solo, I that's it. <laughs> But I was like, how did I get to be in this place? How did, moment. I mean, really, how yeah. did I get to be this person that worked at the fire department in South Louisiana that did not finish her college degree, honestly, to be in this place where someone brought me here and gifted me because it was a gift. Anytime we go on a trip, anytime we're given a comp, anytime someone gives us an appetizer, a drink, a meal, it's a gift. Yes. And I look at it 
as everything is beautiful that comes my way in a blessing. And that day was an extreme blessing for me. And I cried while I was wrapped up in that foil because I was going through some difficult moments in my life. I was going through like a womanly change of who am I? Am I feminine? A am I beautiful to someone? Uh, can I be loved? I was very, very vulnerable wrapped up in that cocoon. And the massage therapist came back in and unwrapped me and rinsed me off and then did a little light, you know, lotion massage and then left me there alone again. <laughs> and I felt so very grateful. And there's something about Taos that you just really can connect. And I don't know if it's Taos the place or if it was that moment in my life that many of us experience wherever we are on our own life journey and we find ourselves in a place where we're by ourselves for a little bit. Um, but there's a stark beauty in being alone. Yeah. And realizing some life things. Um, so for me, that was, that is definitely a memorable, transformative uh, journey. I mean, there's been many that have stuck with me, but that right. one uh, brought me back because now that I have lost both of my parents and I've survived brain surgery and I'm trying to get back to finding myself and who I am and what is my purpose. And that's really it. We all wonder what is our purpose. Oh, absolutely. but what if our purpose is just to be us? Right. You know. So I'm getting to go back to Taos and stay in exactly the same place where I stayed that time. And I'm extending my stay to be alone when all the other writers leave. And I'm going to have some healing sessions with um, uh, his name's Patrick Shindo. And then I have a spa treatment after that. And it's not so much about the spa treatments as it is about the human touch, the energy, the soulful experience. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I'll have some answers about where I'm supposed to go for my own life when I leave there. Because I got a lot on my shoulders. Yep. I got a lot of decisions to make where I go from here. I mean, that's why I started this podcast. <laughs> exactly. You know? So the question is for you, Susan. <laughs> what was your most transformative journey? So I would agree that there have been several. Um, I would have originally said it was a Donna K. Smith moment sitting in the south of France. And I was having lunch uh, at Chateau, Chateau Le Massadier oh, <laughs> near Saint-Tropez. But this was actually in Antibes and we were having lunch on the beach. And one of the other writers looked up at me and said, remember this moment. When you're writing at 2 a.m. on deadline and the editor wants the impossible, remember this moment. So I would have said that until, and it's funny that you have a spa moment, because for me, I had always dreamed of doing the journey at Miyamo in Sedona, Arizona. Oh, that's on my list. It was an amazing experience I had watched over the years. They do three, four, or seven-day journeys. So they reached out to me, 
and invited me to come and told me I could pick three, four, or seven days. I, I, I keep, I'm humble in this industry and I don't want to take advantage. So I said, obviously we'd leave three days. Um, I could have done seven and it would have been equally amazing, but it was transformative. So I went the weekend after my mom went into memory care. So my mom had dementia and it got very ill and we took her to memory care and that was traumatic for me. My mom, my best friend, introduced me to travel. I had gone everywhere with her. My last trip with her was on a spa trip to Mexico. And then uh, the last big trip, and then I had taken her for a weekend to Sedona. So here I am back in Sedona. And I didn't know they were going to have a special guest speaker. And I booked a treatment with the guest speaker. And it was one of those, you know, I always look for my wow moments in life. This was beyond a wow moment. Who's the guest speaker? Her first name's Catherine. I can't remember her That's last right. name. So, Catherine. So, uh, amazing woman. And we connected in a really, um, I, I use the word amazing again, an incredible way. And so I booked this treatment completely separate myself. I go for a two hour treatment outdoors it's Sedona in October so brilliant blue sky yellow leaves crisp air and I get on the massage table and within about two minutes this um, this cardinal flies in which a cardinal in Sedona in October it, it, I, it it's not normal so the cardinal sat there for the entire two hours and I really connected with why I'm doing what I'm doing that it, my mom had been there through everything. She exposed me to the world. She was there for her grandson and her great-grandkids. And somehow I came out of it feeling like it's okay. It's okay. You know, it was, it was one of those transformative moments when I realized I needed to change my life. Literally within, within six months, we sold our house. <laughs> we, um, we moved from our house that we had been close to my parents into central Phoenix. We knew that my husband was facing a move from Arizona where we had spent 25 years to Texas and I was okay with it because I knew I was grounded and no matter what I had that that connection and so I think at that moment I decided that travel was all about finding those connections so from that point on it was really I always pick a word of the year and since then it's always been connections because I can't think of a better word that's that it's absolutely beautiful and um we're lucky we're lucky that we had moms yeah that that instilled in us um adventurous soul i think you and i susan were both uh what's that poem searchers yeah we're searchers so uh 
not going to talk about that poem, but if you want to Google <laughs> it, it's called Searchers. And um, life is life is freaking amazing. Yes. No matter how you put it, it has some really crappy moments. I am not going to lie at all because no one wants to see their parent, their strong, their strong person in their life become helpless and you have to be that person to take care of your parent it's humbling it's sad um there's no other way around it that it's just it's just plain plain difficult um but i also think it says a lot about a person who is there for their parent and however they can be because it's different for everyone in the way that you show up to take care of your parent at their end of life and in their time of need and their illness. Yes. Um, we're blessed, Susan. You and we I, are. We're, we're blessed we individuals. Are. And I know that you feel very fortunate to have had that spa moment with your mom. Yes. And many other travel moments with your mom. Just like uh, I've had beautiful, beautiful experiences with my parents, be it for a day or a 13-day cruise in the Mediterranean. Thank you, Carnival Cruise Lines, for that, because I will never, ever forget that in my entire life. So you took your mom to Tennessee last I, year, I right? did. I took my mom to Tennessee. Um, her and dad, when they got married and they met, which, you know, not that the listeners know my whole life story, but my mom was married before, and she had me. And I was 18 months old, and she was going through a separation when she met my stepdad, Robin. But really, when he came into our life, we didn't have any groceries. He came to dinner. And I remember mom, mom telling the story that his favorite dish was lasagna. And she spent her entire paycheck <laughs> on the ingredients to make him lasagna when he came over for like their second date or something like that. And it was at our house, at our apartment. And he said, and he told me too, so they corroborate on the same story, okay, uh, that when he opened the fridge, the only thing that was in the fridge was baby food, baby food and formula. <laughs> and the next day he went to the store and he filled up our cabinets with food <laughs> and the fridge with food. And he's not been out, and he wasn't out of our lives ever since that day. And he and mom talked every single day since then. But when they did, did decide to get married, I was almost four years old and I was in their wedding and they honeymooned <laughs> in the Smoky Mountains. So for them, the Smoky Mountains was a really special place because my dad never traveled while he was growing up. My grandparents oh. weren't travelers. Interesting. But my mom had traveled in Europe. Her parents always took her places and she wanted my dad to have those same wonderful experiences. So that first time my dad ever left and went on a real vacation, um, which, you know, I'm wrong because he did go once to Florida when he was a kid, <laughs> but his dad cut his foot and got an infection. So my grandmother said, we're never going anywhere ever again, you know, so that he did go to Florida, but he had like probably Bad a, a traumatic <laughs> experience from that. Thanks, Momo. And <laughs> so she finally got him to go to the Smoky Mountains. And they went to the Smokies, they went to Gatlinburg, and they stayed in like this little budget motel on the river. She showed me. And that had always been their dream, was when one day they were gonna build a log cabin in the Smoky Mountains. 
the two of them. And they were going to do that. Actually, um, Dad, when Dad retired from the fire department, he had gotten an offer to go work as fire chief of the Gatlinburg <laughs> Fire Department. Which, you know, when you think about what you manifest for your life, what you want, it comes to you. It really, really does. But then we have our serious moments like, do we have the courage to accept that? And do we have the courage to not accept that? Because I think that sometimes we do have these moments where it doesn't matter what path you choose, it's gonna be okay, but it's gonna right. take you down a different road than what maybe you could have had a little bit more happiness. And at the time, my grandfather was dying of pancreatic cancer. And my grandmother had told my dad, please don't leave me. So my dad didn't go. And my mother was devastated <laughs> because they had this whole dream for their life of after they worked and they retired, they were gonna go to the Smoky Mountains where they honeymooned, where they had this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful time of their life. So they didn't do that, but my mom still held on to that dream of having a log cabin in the Smoky Mountains. Right. And dad took her every year after that. <laughs> and they would stay, just the two of them, not us, they wouldn't take the kids. And it was really, really bizarre how life works out because it was their 40th wedding anniversary and they went for a week at the Smokies and dad said, he called me, he said, we're going on a vacation. I don't want anybody to call me. Don't you bother me. Don't you bother your mama. We need our time. And what year was that? Just a couple of years ago. It was three years ago. And they're anniversary was September 18th so they set set out on September 17th I got a phone call the morning of seven September 18th my biological father was on his deathbed and I went to the hospital and I did not make it in time I think that's how it was supposed to be actually and he passed away on their anniversary and honestly I'd never really experienced having to be responsible for another person's actual body until then. Um, and I knew my mom and dad were doing that. It was their, it was on their 40th wedding anniversary when the man passed away. It's like, really? <laughs> you could have picked a better day. Right. Really, out of all the days, you picked that one to just go. You know, but I, I was like, really universe <laughs> but I got this and uh, fortunately my aunt's his sister stepped in and um, you know after I took responsibility for his body which he did he had a wife which she I, you know not to get all like down here but you know when I went to the hospital room she goes hi I'm so-and-so so nice to meet you and I'm like um, I'm his daughter thanks I uh, don't you don't remember me but I right, whatever and then she's like, I can't handle this. I can't handle all this. So I'm stuck being responsible for a body. <laughs> That's messed up. So, but I did it because regardless of whatever happened my whole life, if it wouldn't be for this man, I wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't have you in my life. And I love you for that. <laughs> so 
you know, that whole week they were gone in the Smokies. And um, thanks for the therapy session, podcast listeners. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> mom and dad came back, and when they finally got back home, I go, well, good, I can tell you. So-and-so died, <laughs> but he's been buried. We had his funeral, and it was the same priest that did y'all's, you know, uh, vows <laughs> and did my, uh, you know, confirmation. Thank y'all very much with my Catholic education there. Um, you know, and they're like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me? Well, because you said, don't call don't you. Don't call me. So I was trying to respect your wishes, you know, and be an adult at 40-something years old. So sadly, um, that was the last time Mom and Dad ever went to the Smoky Mountains together. Because 18 months after that, which is really ironic since I was 18 months old when my mom met my dad, Dad passed away from... Uh, sarcoma it was very quick very aggressive so after he passed away my mom was really upset and all she could focus on was the Smoky Mountains <laughs> and having her log cabin that she had been saving up for her whole marriage so 40 something years okay and I it was her birthday November 7th and it was her first birthday without my dad who always had something amazing for her to make her feel so special because by the way any men that are listening when it's your wife's birthday <laughs> just make her feel very special so special because it's important to feel like you you mean something to somebody that your life means something especially to the person that you really think highly of yeah so I said you know what mom I'm taking your behind <laughs> on a road trip. I said, pack your crap up, get your dog in the kennel. We're going to the Smoky Mountains, ma'am, for your birthday. And I took her to the restaurant where she and dad always went for her birthday. And we looked at property, because that's what she wanted. Because she had life insurance money, so I was like, hey, it's your money, you do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> so she went, and the next month I took her back and we did some major shopping at that outlet mall up in Sevierville. <laughs> By the way, if anybody wants some good deals, there's Kate Spade outlet. There's a uh, it's some good shopping. There, there's there's a Coach <laughs> outlet, which there's a couple of Coach outlets, but there's also a Tory Burch outlet, which that's a very hard <laughs> one to find. So we did some major shopping, and Mom bought a lot, a lot, right in Tennessee, <laughs> and she was so happy, and she was so excited. She wanted to call it Robin's Nest. Ah. Uh. For your dad. For my dad. So she did. She loved it. And that was the last really big trip that we took together. And I was so glad that we did because we had champagne every <laughs> place we went. Every place that she and dad went, I had her take me. I had her tell me, where did you and dad go? What did y'all do? I want to know everything about your honeymoon. And I took my mom on her honeymoon all over again at those places. And we celebrated the life of my dad and the love of my parents because that was such a special, special relationship. So stories, it's the stories. It's all about it's the stories. It's what connects us all. Travel is all about the yes. stories. And even when, when those of us are gone, that's one thing that we can leave with the, our children, our loved ones, our friends, is those travel memories because that's worth more than any amount of money or pieces of jewelry, or pieces of property that you ever leave a person. It's the moments you spend with them, 
It's the time you spent, and it's those little moments of having a glass of sparkling wine or champagne, <laughs> or going a, to the spa, or a unicorn unicorn mocktail, mocktail with your grandchild. Yes, <laughs> and that is another episode of Field Notes. We'll have to do that again. <laughs> yes, we will, and that's a main episode. For try, uh, whatever my podcast is called, Field Notes with Shannon D, because nobody can pronounce my last name now. It's actually Shannon Dalposal, but we'll go with just Shannon D. And Susan, where can people find you online and on social media? Online, Wander with Wonder. My podcast is Wander Stories. So, you hear that, anchor listeners? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever format you're listening to, Wonder Stories with Susan Lanier Graham, my dear friend of <laughs> almost two decades. Because we were podcasting when podcasting first started. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, so, you know, all you little younger folk, <laughs> you can learn something from us. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Susan. And thank you, Gruway, for this episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Field Notes with me, Shannon D. Remember, you can find out more about this episode and others at shannontravels.com. Thanks for listening.